Episode 2, a reading from The Loop Breaker, A Beacon in the Darkness. This is a chapter reading from my upcoming novel, The Loop Breaker, A Beacon in the Darkness, which will be available October 19th through Winterwolf Press, both through paperback and the Kindle version. This is the story of gifted young Leanne Daniels, a teenager who has the ability to both see and hear those who have passed on. At the beginning of the story, she is suffering greatly from the grief at the loss of her mother and is forced to move in with her dad, who lives in a very small town called Laverne, Tennessee, surrounded by wooded hills and very little else. As the story begins, she is adjusting to her surroundings. She makes a few new friends at school, begins to try to get along with her stepmother, Shirley, and her father, Charlie. She begins to explore the nearby woods, and that's when things start to really get interesting. Chapter 4, The Wind Speaks Shirley finished washing the dishes and looked out the window that faced the backyard. She shook her head as her eyes found her stepdaughter's figure squatted on the rocks just inside the woods. Why does she spend so much time out there? Shirley asked Charles as he came in the front door and hung his jacket on the hook just inside the door. She has always loved the outdoors. Won't get her within miles of a mall, but ask her to go on a hike and her eyes just light right up. Charles, that's not normal, she insisted, turning to bat her long eyelashes at him. What's normal, Cheryl? Come on, she's her own person, and I love her for that, he said. Well, you were always telling me I should make more of an effort to get to know her, but she's so closed off to me. What do you mean? Every time I try and strike up a conversation, it goes nowhere. We just don't have much in common. I would love to take her shopping or something, but she would never go with me. Charles laughed and shook his head. What? she asked. You got to try and do something she likes to do, even if you don't exactly enjoy it, he said. I'll give it a try, but not right now. These potatoes ain't going to cook themselves, and you sure ain't going to cook them, she said, looking at him over her shoulder with a wink. Now come on, Cheryl. I just cooked us some steaks the other night, he insisted. Yeah, if it's on the grill, you'll cook it, I guess, she teased him as she turned to get a Coke out of the refrigerator. Leanne was busy sketching a different section of the Spring Creek than she had during her previous efforts. The wind rustled the leaves around her, blowing through her hair as she stopped to look at what she had just drawn. Quickly bored with it, she turned the page to sketch the faces of her newfound friends. Her artistry had always been therapeutic, but as of late, it was just about the only thing that would soothe her when her grief for her mother was too much to bear. She began to draw Katrina's friendly eyes, pink cheeks, and generous smile, completing her figure in a standing position. Next, she sketched David's shy but friendly eyes, his smiling face, and dark etchings for his bangs that fell into his eyes. The afternoon was long over, and she was trying to sketch in the dying light of the day. The calls of birds began to cease, replaced by a cascade of chirps from crickets. Leanne lay against a tree and slipped into a nap. After a short while, she awoke in the gathering darkness and gazed off through the eastern portion of the woods. It was then she heard a thin, distant sound that was almost human in origin. The sound seemed to carry off as if it were the wind itself making utterances. 
She placed the sketchbook back in her satchel and stood up to observe the direction of the noise more intently, unable to make out much in the gloom. Without thinking, she switched on the flashlight on her cell phone, hopped over the creek, and began to walk through the woods towards the eastern border of their property, rustling and crunching leaves as she went. She paused for an instant, having heard the sound again, a bit closer now, though still some distance off. It sounded like words that couldn't quite fully form, feminine in nature. Leanne's eyes were now wide, and the slight chill in the air sent a shiver that traveled up her back. Curiosity drove her on for another quarter of a mile, where the trees began to get larger and more ancient. At the very edge of the property line was a pink surveyor's ribbon, tied to the lower limbs of an oak, and a diamond-shaped sign bolted to the tree that read, Safety Zone, No Hunting, Tennessee Wildlife Resources Management. Leanne wanted to explore this area, so she advanced past the marker into the dense woods. The terrain immediately became steep and rocky. Making it to the crest of the rise, Leanne stopped to survey the land in front of her. The daylight had faded completely. The multicolor sun had long since retreated behind the distant hills. The hills, which stacked up one behind the other, seemed to go on forever. The darkness cast a gloom over the unending rows of bony fingers of bare branches that reached for the sky. Just when she was ready to turn back, she heard the sound again, much closer this time. (sighs) It seemed to say. It was definitely a voice this time and could no longer be mistaken for the wind. But who would be out here at this hour, wandering about making incoherent mutterings? The thought sent another chill up Leanne's back. What if someone needs help, she asked herself, suddenly striking down the other side of the hill. At the bottom was a dry creek bed that had been hidden by the vegetation from the top of the hill. She did not like how it was darker down here in the hollow. There was a movement that rustled the leaves about a hundred yards to the, to the north that made her turn abruptly towards the sound. In the fading light, she couldn't see anything other than the relentless maze of tree trunks. Help! The voice spoke again, about a yard from the rustling. For the first time, Leanne could make out an actual word from the mutterings. It was unmistakably the voice of a woman. The quality of the voice sounded altered, as if run through an effects loop with an overabundance of reverb. It could have been uttered in a large chamber or a cave, the way it echoed and ended suddenly. Leanne stared at the origin of the sound in disbelief, her teeth chattering. She still could not see any sign of life among the trees. The temperature of the air around her dropped unnaturally. Unless the figure was hiding behind the trees, it should have been visible at such close proximity, but no one stepped forward. She felt a strange tingle in her hands. That's freaking odd. Help me, it said. The sound was only a few feet away now. There was no one there to stir the decaying foliage of the forest floor like there should have been. No sound of footsteps in the dry leaves. Leanne let out a sudden yell of alarm, and without thinking she turned and ran back up the hill, operating on pure fight-or-flight instinct. After she made it to the top, she caught her breath and looked back behind her, frightfully expecting to see a woman climbing the slope behind her. However, there was no one there, and no figure stirred in the hollow below. 
Shaking her head, Leanne turned and ran all the way past the boundary of the wildlife management area, jumped over the small creek, and ran through the darkening garden towards the back door. Shirley saw Leanne's expression. Her eyes widened. She opened the back door. What's going on out there? Did you get spooked in the woods? Leanne took a moment to catch her breath, shifting her gaze from Shirley's face over to her astonished father, who sat leaning on the counter with one hand on his coke. You okay, hun? Charles asked. Yes, Leanne said, catching her breath. I just got turned around and it frightened me because it had gotten dark. That's why you cried out? Are you sure that's all it was? Shirley asked. Yes, I'm okay. Just scared me for a minute. I I'm fine, really, she said, flashing a smile before heading up the stairs. Charles and Shirley looked at each other. Charles shrugged and took another swig of his soda. Leanne closed her bedroom door and stared out of her window at the dim garden and the woods behind it, shrouded in darkness. She wondered if she'd done the right thing by not mentioning the voice. Had they not heard it before themselves? It didn't seem as though they had, but they had heard her yell. This unsettled her. Leanne reached up and turned on the overhead light in addition to the bedside lamp that was already on. She was hoping the extra light would lend her some comfort, but she still felt unnerved. Surely, if there was someone out there, they would have wandered into the garden by now, seeking help, but no figure appeared. Charles knocked on the door, startling Leanne. Come in, she said, taking a deep breath. What happened out there? Charles inquired. Nothing. I thought I heard something, that's all. Maybe it was just an owl or something, she said, trying to convince herself as much as him. Oh, I see, he responded as he sat down on the bed and patted her shoulder. Maybe it's part of the grieving process, hearing things, that is, Charles offered. Leanne looked over at him, creasing her forehead. Maybe. Leanne's thoughts shifted suddenly towards her mother. She looked at the assortment of necklaces her mother had given her, hanging from her mirror, along with the assorted photos along the bottom. It was a shrine to her mother that had been recreated the same way it had been arranged at her old house. I miss her so much, Dad, she said as tears began to flow. The sight of his concerned eyes had been too much for her. She cried on her father's shoulders as he put his arm around her, hugging her tightly. I know you do, hon. You're going to be all right, he urged. They sat there in a long embrace for several minutes until Shirley's call from downstairs broke the silence. Dinner's ready. The next day at school, Leanne walked directly to Katrina's locker. She was happy to find her friend getting books for the first two periods of the day. What's up, Katrina asked, looking at Leanne's expression. I want to tell you something odd that happened last night. Sure, fire away. I'm a connoisseur of all things weird. Well, most things anyway, said Katrina, obviously excited about her new, that her new friend would confide in her. Leanne looked back and forth to see if anyone would overhear. Seeing no one there, she began to recount the evening before. I heard a voice in the woods coming from the wildlife area that borders our land. I went over there to investigate and there was no one there. I kept hearing the voice only a few feet away from me. I should have been able to spot someone at that distance, even in the fading light. But there was no one there. That's weird, Katrina was enthralled. Not too weird. Other people have heard and seen things in that area, David suddenly said, appearing right behind Katrina. Where did you come from, eavesdropper? Katrina asked. Sorry, I couldn't help but overhear. Where is your property, Leanne? David asked matter-of-factly. 
Don't tell him if you don't want to, Leanne. That's confidential info, and it's none of his business, Katrina insisted. I'm only asking because if you live close to the wildlife management area, that's where Thief's Hollow is. What's that? Katrina asked. You mean you haven't heard? David looked at Katrina and then over to Leanne. Heard what? Leanne asked. Are you sure you're from here? Well, I told you, I grew up in Nashville. Well, the area that's now a wildlife preserve was apparently some kind of colony back in the 40s, or so I believe. There's another belief that it was a hideout for some thieves, hence the name. Colony? Leanne asked. Colony or commune of some kind. No one knows for sure what they were doing there or who they were, but they were murdered, he revealed. Murdered? As in killed in cold blood? Katrina asked. Yep, that's all I know about the history behind it. Older people are pretty tight-lipped if you ask them, because they believe in the thieves story. If they know more than they're letting on, they don't tell it, David allowed. Okay, that's mysterious, Leanne said. Where exactly is this hollow where this colony was located? It's on the western side of the preserve. I could show you on a map. Anyway, people don't go there very often except the parts where you can hunt. Supposedly, there's a lot of wildlife, but no one stays anywhere close to nightfall, David shared. So it's haunted then, Katrina asked. As soon as she said this, Leanne looked at her as if she were voicing a thought she was already suppressing. Something like that, he answered. But why do they think that? There has to be some factual basis for it, Katrina continued with her line of inquiry. People have heard voices and stuff. Like I said, it's just rumors. Who knows if any of it's real, David said, trying to reassure Leanne, who was visibly a bit shaken. You said they've seen things, too. What kinds of things? Leanne asked. I don't know. Something about orbs or even figures being seen and voices being heard in the woods. I'm not sure, he said. Well, you are just so specific in your descriptions, aren't you? Katrina complained. Sorry, that's all I know. Do you know anyone that's actually seen or heard any of these things? Leanne questioned. Well, I know you, don't I? David said as he looked up at the clock and realized the late bell was about to sound. Gotta go. I can't be late to Miss Wilburn's class again, he said. Leanne leaned against the lockers and stared into space. Don't let that bother you. It's just a story, right? People believe in all kinds of things that aren't real. Mirages, hallucinations. Not that I'm implying that you were hallucinating, Katrina clarified as she came over and rubbed Leanne's arm gently. It seemed so real last night. The voice, that is, Leanne insisted. That was a chapter entitled The Wind Speaks from my upcoming novel, The Loop Breaker, A Beacon in the Darkness.